church. Uh, reasons why I, I want to really kind of zero in on the church. Uh, because there's a worldview of the church. Um, and, I will, and I just, uh, the church world, the visible church world is a dangerous place. Um, now, it shouldn't be, but it is. And when I say the visible church world, and it will kind of be self-explanatory in a minute, there's a lot of things that are called ch a church. But that is not uh, what, what the New Testament refers to as church. And we're going to talk about that, and then we'll, we'll uh, share some things about that. The definition of the church, according to the worldview or Webster or whatever, it's a religious institution, a place of worship, our group of worshipers. This is the world's view of the church, okay? Now, there's many voices in today's world that make a claim on being the church. Uh, for instance, the term Catholic church means universal church. Catholic means universal. So, uh, and there's no, I'm not putting down Catholic, a lot of good people in, in the Catholic church. But the hierarchy of the Catholic church uh, really mean if you don't belong to the Catholic church, you are not a part of the church. Because Catholic is the universal church. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It's, it's not, you know, they're, they're, and they're not the only ones. There's other denominations that think they are the true church, and if you don't belong to them, uh, then you are not going to make heaven, or if, or if you're not baptized, or if you're not done in a certain way, or a method or formula, then uh, you understand what I'm saying? So there's a visible church, or a worldview of a church, and then there's private uh, thoughts about the church, even in the visible church that you see. Now, the, the term church is even used by cults. So just because you, you hear or read the, nerm, the term church doesn't necessarily mean it's a true church. Uh, the Mormons has the, a great... Now, here again, I, I realize that sometimes when you're talking about these things, people sometimes get insulted. I have relatives that belong to the Mormon church. So I'm not saying that they're not good people. Uh, I'm just saying they are, they are deceived. But it, it, the sign says, the, the church, not a church, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which implies we are the church. Uh, so if you're not a part of the Mormon, uh, you know, religion or whatever, then you are not a member of the church, okay? So you have to understand, you have to understand when I'm talking about the visible, there's a visible world church that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect what the scriptures relate to as the church. Okay, maybe it's getting a little bit more clear. How many knows who Anton LaVey is? How many's ever heard of him? What did he start? Satan Church. First, he started in San Francisco and he started the Church of Satan. It's called a church. And uh, now it fits the worldview of a church because it's uh, a place of worship or a group of worshipers and they just simply worship the devil rather than God. So it fits the world's definition of the church. And so, but he's still, it's still, man, it, it, there's, there's one in San Francisco that has a doctrine that they meet under and, and they worship grass. Smoking pot brings them together. That's the thing that unifies them. 
And they have scripture for that. And the Lord made grass and it was good. Yeah, that's a true story. And so they meet, they're a fellowship and they meet together and they, and they worship pop. Now, I want you to notice this. This is what the scriptures reveals about the church. This is what the scriptures reveal about the church. Number one, the church is God's idea and he is the one who's building it. The church is God's idea and he is the one who's building it. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will do what? I will build, whose church is it? My church. Now God's church does not fit the worldview of a church. Okay? And here's where the confusion, there's, got, there's a lot of people that are deceived and a lot of people in confusion simply because the visible church world is a dangerous place to be. Just because it has the name church on it doesn't necessarily mean it's a New Testament church. There's a lot of groups, a lot of offshoots, a lot of things. So we're living in a dangerous world. He said, I will build my church. So whose church is it? It's not the world, doesn't belong to the world, doesn't belong to the Catholic church, it doesn't belong to uh, the Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints. The church doesn't belong to any of those people. The church belongs to who? God. God is the one that's building. I'll build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Okay? Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord did what? Added to the church daily those who were being saved. So it's God's church. I'm building my church. Who's adding to the church? God is in charge of building his church. So now the Greek term that we, where we get the term church is ecclesia. It means a calling out. It's a, it's a people that, me, that has been called out of darkness into, into light. Secondly, it's clear that the New Testament church is not a particular group or denomination. He didn't say upon this rock, I'll, 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 he said on this rock I'll build my church. Not a church. So, I mean, I know we have all these denominations, and, and most of them are legitimate places where, where the true church worships. I'm not putting, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying that when Jesus said and God said they're gonna build their church, he wasn't necessarily talking about a denomination or or or, or whatever. Now, even though men has got involved in it, and they got involved in it for a good reason because the church they needed a place. Uh, you know, of like people of like faith that believe scriptures in a certain way that, that where they met together in common faith. And so we understand the organization of the church, but, uh, but it is God's church. It, it, it meets under the banner of, of West Side, of Grace uh, Community, of no matter what the name is, the, the church meets in a lot of different corners all the way across our world. In the Assembly of God, Church of God, Baptist, first, second, third Baptist, sixth Baptist, eighth Baptist, whatever it is. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just the way it is. There, there's a church, and inside those church buildings is part of the true church. Not everybody that attends Westside is part of the church. Not everybody that attends Grace Community is part of the church. Now, I'm not, but, but true church meets there. Inside any local place where people gather, not all of them are part of the church. Don't get quiet on me because I re I, we really need to understand something about the church, okay? 
It's not a particular group or denomination. Thirdly, the church is not made of brick and mortar, but it's made of people. The true New Testament church is made of people. Ephesians chapter 2. Check this out. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of what? God. Verse 20. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the what? Upon this rock I'll build my church. 21. In whom the whole building being joined, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. The church is not made out of brick or mortar. The true New Testament church is people. You. Now, we, we all meet in different locations. But in order to be a part of the true church, you've got to be in Christ. Because God is, is adding to the church. Is everybody with me on board here? Okay. So now I want you to get this. When the scripture speaks of the church, it uses terms of living things. When the New Testament talks of the, about the church, it always in terms of living things. Under A, it refers to the church as a bride. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Some of the ladies can, can say it by heart. Husbands. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, it reveals something. It, it, so the New Testament church is referred to as living things. It's a, it's, it's a relationship that's going on. It's a loving relationship. There is protection. There is, there is guarding. There is safety. There is, there is love, there's forgiveness, all those things that are involved in a relationship. And so God, God is saying now there's some things that's going to be related to the church, and he relates them to living things, okay? They're loving, they're caring, uh, they're guarding, they're protecting. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a father, it's, it's a, it's a husband-like relationship where God is taking care of you. He's taking care of me. He's providing for us and protecting us. That's, that's what the church is all about. It's that relationship with God. It's not, it's not a cold institution, but a loving and caring place. Second, or under B, the church is referred to as a vine and branches. All partaking of the same life. All partaking of the same life. The church is a living organism and not an organization. Now where... A lot of things get, it doesn't mean that the church is not supposed to be organized. But if all you have is an organization without being connected, then you have no life. That's the reason some churches meet on Sunday mornings and because they're just simply an organization, there's no life that runs through the assembly. The, the, the lives are not changed. There's, there's no flow from God. There's no, there's no spiritual connection because they've been disconnected from the vine. Uh, you know, so the church is related or, or like, I'm the vine, you are the what? Branches. And so we're, we're connected. It's a living thing. It's an organism. It's living. Okay? Now, understand, the church is a family. We are sons of God. The church is a family. We are sons of God. Galatians chapter 3 
For you are all sons of God through faith in who? Jesus, Christ Jesus. Number, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The Holy Spirit has baptized you into the body of Christ. That's salvation. How, how can you be born again? It's a spiritual thing. It's a supernatural thing. There is a connection that is made, okay? And, uh, and, and he, you are baptized into, in, into Christ. You become a member of the family. You become sons. Now, the world just says that you're just a, an institution. Uh, the church is just a place of worship. But that's not what the New Testament calls the church. And that's the distinction I want to make with you today. I want you to get this. Uh, the church is the visible body of Christ on the earth. The church is the visible body of Christ on the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. That's being born again. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. I think, is it 14? You have 14? All right. It is the visible body of Christ. Go to verse 27. Verse 27, excuse me. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. I want to, I'm going to talk about uh, this thing again, okay, uh, about the body. I, mean, I want you to really put this, get this to your heart. If we are His body, it means we are connected with Him. It means we are connected with Him. And the rest of the body, we're connected not only with him, but the, with the rest of the body, okay? Placed where he wants us, according to Scripture, placed in, in, in our local assembly, and using our gifts for his service. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 18. See if we have that up there. First Corinthians. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. So we are a member of his body. We, we have the gifts and the talents that He has given us. He has placed us in the body where He wants us to function and use our gifts. All right? So the New Testament church is a living organism. We are a part of His body. We're the visible part of His body in the earth. Now, that is not the case with everybody. There is the visible church that you see. Every Sunday, whatever, on every corner, and then there is the true church that is operating within that realm that it connected, all right? Now, I want to uh, talk to you about connected. In, in the 21st century church, there's a real problem about being connected. And I think... Um, I think some people are willing just to be called Christians, but they're not, not close enough to the Lord to understand what connection is all about. Connection is what gives you life. Being disconnected, and we'll talk about that in a minute, is, 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 is a devastating thing to you and to the rest of the body of Christ. And I will talk to you about it in a moment. Notice, the church was never intended to be ordered along the lines of worldly philosophy or political principles. Check this out. The church was never intended to be ordered along the lines of worldly philosophy or political principles. The true church 
Politics will kill a church. Politics will kill a church. Because the true church, wherever it meets, was never intended to be uh, uh, organized along the term of worldly philosophy. It has, it, God has given the, 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 how the church is to function in the New Testament. But the moment we, get, we try to come in with, with worldly philosophy and we try to structure the church on the lines of worldly philosophy, our political principles, it will always cause a problem. Because there is a spiritual leadership that, has been, that is in charge of the church. There's elders and there's deacons and, and, and there's teaching elders and all the other things uh, that, go, that is involved in the church. And uh, when, when, we, when we lose that structure uh, then, and we start depending on the arm of flesh or political persuasion or uh, you know, one group over another, it always poisons the assembly. Always, always does. Because it, it, that church was never intended to be operated like that. Now, and secondly, was never intended to be run or maintained by just paid professionals. The church was never intended to be run or maintained by just, and I use the term paid professionals in the sense that we can kind of identify. Uh, you know, when you go to a church, you know, you have that, those paid, there's people that are paid to do certain things. From the pastor, the associates, and all that other stuff. But the church was never intended to just be run by them. In fact, the church was not supposed to be run by them. The church is supposed to be run by you guys. All of us together. Okay, because here's an important, this is an important part. No one chooses the office of an apostle. No one chooses that. Well, I think, you, nobody gets up one day and thinks, well, I, I think I'll just be a prophet today or an apostle or our evangelists, I think I'll just, I'll just, I'll just take the office of evangelist. You know, that's what I'm going to be. That's my career choice. I'm going to be. Nobody does. Now I realize that some people do. That's the problem. Some people do. But how many knows that those things are spiritual callings? Those are giftings and callings that God puts on various individuals, men and women, uh, inside the body of Christ. And when somebody begins to, and I, and I, <laughs> I've talked to people. Who just made career choices? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a pastor. I'm thinking, well, are you called? I don't know if I am not. I'm just gonna be a pastor. I, I was a district presbyter. I, I read some of the resumes. <laughs> and and uh, and in the back of your mind, you don't tell them because it'd be discouraging, and it, and they wouldn't accept it anyway. In the back of your mind, you're thinking. Oh, man, I pity them and the people they go to pastor. And, and, uh, and they struggle, and they, they struggle, and they struggle, and the church struggles. And the reason is they're out of their gifting. They're out of their gifting. And uh, that was not how the church was supposed to be structured, all right? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Check this out. And he himself gave some to be. Now, who is he? Notice that's capitalized. And he, Jesus, himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For the equipping of who? The saints, the church, for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay? So, that, I mean, so the church is not supposed to be run by paid professionals. Are, does that mean divorce me from having, you know, uh, from 
doing certain things in ministry? No. I, I've got ministry gifts, and I'm involved in, in other ministry besides. If all I did was just on Sunday preach, I mean, that, that is the least part of the ministry, really. Because if all somebody does is preach, and if they don't get involved in ministry during the week of soul winning and witnessing and all the other stuff, not too much is going to get accomplished. Uh, soul winning and evangelism is everybody's job. But in today's church culture, uh, there has been a shift in the 21st century, and it started in the last part of the 20th century, and it's been carried over into the, into the 21st century. The church has produced a generation of watchers. We go to church and we watch ministry. We watch other people do ministry. We go home and watch TV. Or if we go somewhere, it's usually to watch something. And we have produced a generation of Christian watchers. And they watch it all happen. They're not involved in it. Uh, they, most contribute maybe some finances. But most are not, not individually involved in ministry. But the New Testament church says every joint is supplying Everybody's plugged in where God has got them plugged in, and every, every joint's applying, and it edifies who? It edifies, it's edifying the body, so the body of Christ is built up. Not only is the body of Christ, I mean, that means souls are being saved. Some sow, some water. God gives the increase. So the, but, but it will not happen to the, it's happening today in the true church, but not to the extent that it should, simply because I think God's people, we We've got to this place where we just simply are comfortable in watching. Now, don't raise your hands, but let me ask some questions. How many of you are actively involved in a ministry right now today? In some place, in the ministry of helps, are you plugged in and doing something for the kingdom right now? Where's your gifts being used right now in the body of Christ? Now, I'm not saying this, please. I, I, I want to challenge you, but I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to depress you, okay? But I, I'm just saying that that it is more. I, my dad was the worst. My dad was the worst because he said his calling was to listen to us preach. He was a watcher. <laughs> he floored me. He floored me. He was a great guy, but he floored me. Uh, and uh, he did more than <clears throat> what he thought he was doing. But are we plugged in? Are we plugged in? Is your gifts being used? Is your talents being used? Is the, is the body of Christ being ed you know, edified? Are we connected? If you would look at our church world, uh, 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 the universal church world, most Christians are not connected. Yes, they go to church every once in a while. Maybe some go every Sunday. But most Christians are really not connected. They're really not plugged into ministry, are, are, are helping in the ministry, are uh, using their gifts or their talents. Uh, where's, where's the goals and where's the ministry? You have a ministry. You have a, do you have a dream? Um, you know, all of these things. The church is more than just a spectator sport. Is this okay? Yeah, we're talking about the church, okay? So it's not just paid professionals. 
okay? Uh, connected to the body, uh, ministry, in the natural. Here's an illustration. In the natural, when things become disconnected, they usually wither and what? Die. They usually wither and die. You get disconnected from the body. You're not, if you're not plugged in to the body, and, and, and you know, then, then the life source, yes, you love God. Yes, you know, uh, you're a Christian, but if not careful, over a period of time, the fire begins to cool, the passion begins to go down, and you begin to run on routine and habit and discipline. And I'm telling you, that's a tough way to live for Jesus. With, you know, because sooner or later, discipline's going to run out and the passion's going to run out. And somewhere along the line, we really need to get reconnected. The true church, the true church, number one, is a channel through which the mystery of God's infinite plan is revealed. The true church, okay, is a channel through which the mystery of God's infinite plan is revealed. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. And he answered and said, he, in Matthew chapter 13, he, he, does a, he does a different thing. He begins to speak in parables. And uh, he does this for, for two reasons. Number one, he realized that most of the crowd was following him for the fishes and loaves. And they didn't really give anything. They didn't care what he was saying anyway. They was out for the free lunch, okay? But then he, so he started talking and teaching in parables, and then he turns to his disciples, and, and they, they ask him, he said, why are you doing this? And he said this. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to who? To you, to know the mysteries of the, of, of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. In other words, I'm, they're, not, they're not motivated enough to dig into this parable and find out what it really means. They're not, they're not that excited about it. But you are. And to you has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Listen, to you Christians tonight, if God's going to do something, He's going to reveal it to you. I, I'm telling you, I think He's going to alert the church, the true church. I think He'll alert the church. And there'll be that inner voice of the Spirit when God begins to do something and bring a change on, if you're connected to Him, you're connected to that vine, and you and, and you're, you're you're you know that passion's growing. I'm telling you, God's going to reveal some things to you and let you know, hey, something's about to change. Something's going to happen. Why? Because He said He would. To you has been known, it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So there is the visible church world that's going to that's going on blindly on uh, down down the road, maybe to destruction. But then there's the true church that, have, that has been given the responsibility to hear from God. And if you're connected, I'm telling you, you can hear from God. And God can give us a warning. He did in the past. And if He's done it in the past, He'll do it again. So we need to stay connected, all right? His plan is revealed. Notice Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles... If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. Listen, the New Testament church is a revelation. It, who was it given to? It was given to someone who was connected. 
It was given to somebody as a revelation so that he could share it with the rest of the people. Well, if he's done it back then, he's going to do it today to those of us that are connected. He's going to give us a warning. He, he will alert us to the things that we need to watch for. That, that you'll, be, you'll be hearing a radio uh, station or a testimony or we, you'll be watching a program. Man, the Holy Spirit's going to whisper in your heart, listen to what this guy's saying. Need to listen to what this guy, why? He's putting you on alert. You're fixing to hear something. You're fixing to get a revelation here. God, God is moving. God is doing great things. But, and he's going to move through the church, okay? That by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already. By which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. There's a revelation. The New Testament church was a revelation from God. And it was given through his prophets. It was given through his people. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what the true church is going to get. You're going to get a word from God. You won't have to go search somebody that will have a word for you. You'll have a word from God from the Spirit. Okay? That's what he's, he's going to do. All right? So notice 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, all right. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now listen, it's, the church was always his plan, but not everybody knew about it, not even the devil. Go ahead. But none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The Satan wouldn't, if he knew that it, by crucifying Jesus, he would give birth to the church, he would never have done that. So he didn't even know. He knows bits and pieces of God's plan, but he don't know it all. The plan of God is the progressive revelation even in today's world in which we live. And, and especially when people get to speaking about prophecy and future events, uh, you, you don't take everything they say. Don't take everything they say as gospel because it's a continuing revelation. And I found out that sometimes they'll be preaching something today. I've heard them make, some of them make some great blunders. I mean... We was going to get, one, one popular preacher on, on TV said, we're, we're going to get killed in Iraq. I mean, I mean, the armies of the United States are going to be decimated in Iraq because we are, we are a sinful nation. And uh, that didn't happen. And nobody stoned him. I don't understand that. Which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. It is continual revelation. And if you'll stay plugged in uh, to God and stay, in, stay connected to the body, stay connected to that vine, life is going to be flowing to, through you. There's going to be revelation. There'll not only be personal revelation for you, but there'll be revelation. When God gets ready to do something, you will know. You will know. Why? Because you're part of the church. Not a church. You're part of, you are the church. If you're, if you're a Christian tonight. Okay? Number, number two, notice this. The church has been given delegated authority from God. The church. Not the visible church that you see. Okay? But I'm talking about the church now. Who is the church? Blood wash. Believers that have been born again. That's the church. The church that you see all over America is not the church. I'm talking about the New Testament church, okay? Has been given 
delegated authority from God. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It is authority. God is going to give you authority to begin to bind some things into your life that has given you problems. He's going to be able to, you're going to be able to take authority over some issues that you might be facing. Why? Because God has given you the authority to do it. All right? Delegated authority. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall what? Receive power. Or you shall receive authority when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Authority has been given. Power has been given to his church. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority or the power to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now listen, how many know that he's not talking about you going around stepping on bugs? Can we talk? What is he talking about? He's talking about your spiritual enemy, your adversary, the devil. Remember in the heavens, Scorpio? Who was Scorpio? He was, he was our adversary. And he is saying, Behold, I give unto you authority or power to trample, and you can put it this way or translate it, all the authority of the devil and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means what? Hurt you. Now, can we talk tonight? Part of the, part of the, uh, part of the job of a pastor or shepherd is protecting the flock. There's a lot of strange things come through the church. And, and there's a river going through the church now that Christians can be possessed. Now, how can, you, how can that be possible with just the scriptures I told you? Now, if, if a Christian can be possessed, what chances an unbeliever had? How many unbelievers do you know is possessed? I don't know any right now that's possessed. I know they're meaner than the devil. <laughs> but they're not possessed. So what in God's name is a church doing, giving more power to the devil than the Holy Spirit? It's not even logical. Because if a Christian could be possessed, I mean, you, if you're an unbeliever and you're tooling down the street, <clears throat> jumping right on you. Well, what keeps that from happening? God's grace? How, do you, how does a person get possessed? You're either involved in satanic rituals or... Are you been offered, you've been offered by your parents to idols? Go into the New Testament and find out. Even an unbeliever can't be possessed until he, unless he wants to be possessed and opens himself up for possession. I don't understand how Christians can swallow a golf ball so fast. But if they want to be possessed, God, the devil can probably help them out. Listen, you've been given delegated authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall, what? Hurt you. Listen, you have, what, authority? Now notice it. He has given us the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, we are bought by a price. He's given us the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, we get an audience of the Father. It, it's an awesome thing that through prayer... We can bow our knee at, at an altar or we can be driving our car. You can be 30,000 foot in an airplane and you probably should get a hold of God if you're going that high. But at the name of Jesus, 
you get, instantly you get an audience with the Father. He's given us the blood of Jesus. He's given us the name of Jesus. And He's given us the Word of God. Listen to me very carefully. The Word of God. Run everything that you hear through and past the Word of God. Will you do that? Deception in our world is everywhere. I'm telling you, deception is everywhere. You have to be careful. Run everything through the Word of God. I don't care what you hear. I don't care how, how enticing it sounds. Run everything before you swallow it and put it down in your, in your, you know, as your foundation of faith. You get into the Word of God and make sure it's scriptural before you get involved in it. Okay? Thirdly, the true church is on schedule for the final event. The church is on schedule for the final event. Oh, man. If God can preserve clothes for 40 years in the wilderness, He can and will deliver us on time. I'll read Romans 8, 29, 30 in closing. I have no idea what time it is. Oh, I'm old, five minutes old. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now notice, it's in the past tense. In other words, future glorification is already a done deal. These he also glorified. You, we are just marching through this thing on our way to glory. It's a done deal. God has already proclaimed he has glorified you. The church is on the launching pad to change this, the, these visible robes to robes of glory. It's on schedule. You don't have to worry about the true church. Uh, you know, I was listening to a pastor here. This last week, and he was, he was giving me some things, and I, and, and, I, and I told him, I said, you're just fighting church culture. All you can do is preach the truth. Church culture, uh, you, you try to fight church culture, and, and it, it's not going to go well for you. You just go ahead and preach the word and, and let the church culture take care of itself because you cannot change that, okay? Church is on schedule, and we're fixing to leave here. Amen? All right, next Wednesday we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about the mission of the church, uh, all this other good stuff, what our responsibilities are uh, as a church, and uh, it, it, hopefully it'll, it'll bless you, okay? All right, God bless you guys. Appreciate you coming. Thank you. All right.